Good morning. I'm glad to be continuing on in the Edge message series where we are looking at how God's wisdom gives his followers a real edge in life. Have you ever seen or heard someone's response to a situation and you wonder how in, how in the world did they respond like that? Well, I want to share a story with you of a Christian hero that responded to a situation and it just baffles me how they could respond with the response that they have in that situation. This story, it comes from a book called The Hiding Place by Corey Ten Boom. And she wrote this book out of her experience when Nazi Germany occupied Holland, where she was was living with her family. Her family, they were watchmakers, and they made a room, a hiding place for Jews to get away from the Nazis who were trying to round them, round them up and put them in concentration camps. Well, Corey... And her sister and her dad, eventually, they get arrested for doing this. And they get thrown into a concentration camp, Ravensbrück concentration camp in Berlin. And Corey and Betsy ended up in the same barracks, barracks 28 together. And they settled into the barracks. So here they are. They, They were doing good. They were protecting people from the Nazis who were trying to harm them. And they get arrested for it. And they end up at a concentration camp, and they lay down on the straw beds that just reek. And all of a sudden, Corey feels a pinch on her. And it takes her a little bit, and she realizes there's fleas here. So not only are we in a concentration camp, now there's fleas. How in the world could we live here, is what Corey was saying. And Betsy does something amazing in this situation. She says excitedly, Corey! He's given us the answer before we asked. He's given us the answer like he always does. In the Bible, we read this morning. Where was it? Read that part again. And Corey read in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 14 and 18, Comfort the frightened, help the weak, be patient with everyone, see that none of you repays, repays evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to all. Go on, said Betsy. That wasn't all. Rejoice always, pray constantly, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Here we see the seemingly impossible situation that just goes from bad to worse to worse. And they have these fleas. And Betsy is saying, we need to thank God for these fleas. And they did. They thanked God for the fleas in the barracks of the concentration camp that they were in. How does somebody respond like that? How do you thank God in the middle of a situation like that? Well, that comes from a deep-rooted relationship with God. And it comes, that response comes from the right assumptions about God and His ways and a heart willing to trust and obey him in any situation. And those are the two keys to wisdom. Today, we're going to focus on the assumptions about God and his ways. We looked at the heart diagram a couple of weeks ago where our desires, both positive and negative, are filtered through our perspective and our values, and out of that comes our behavior. This message is really going to focus on the perspective that is needed to produce a life of wise choices. So you might be 
listening to this, watching this today, and you're not convinced of the assumptions that we're going to talk about. Well, I'm glad that you're here investigating what it means to be a Christ follower. The goal of this message is not to convince someone of these assumptions, but to look at how these assumptions impact the life of a Christ follower. So you're going to get a glimpse of what it looks like when you really, truly believe this and the impact that that has on your life. And in the Bible, we see that wisdom flows out of the assumption that God is creator. Romans 1, 19 and 20 says, For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. The creation of the world and all things that have been made, they declare God as creator. This verse is saying it's plain to see. Think about the birds in the air. What do they do in the winter? They fly south for the winter. They do this because the reality is that the north is going to freeze. Their food sources are going to dry up. It's going to get too cold for them to survive. God created the world. He created the weather patterns. The birds have to respond to the reality outside of themselves and fly south for the winter. The same is true for people. The wise person assumes God as the creator. And the implication for uh, that assumption is that there is a reality outside of ourselves and it has patterns that we can discover. The assumption that God is the creator and that he has made reality, it frees people up to focus on discovering the patterns that God has created in the world. The patterns are God's ways for living that produce a successful life. But what happens when we don't live with that assumption? Well, look at Romans 1, 21 through 23. It says, For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Here we see that they knew God, but they didn't honor him as God. They didn't recognize that God is the one who created the world, and his ways are what will produce the best life. This is a warning to all of us. We can know God, but reject his ways. And anytime we operate outside of God's boundaries, his ways, we end up hurt. And it spreads not only to our own lives, but the lives of those around us. And the idea that we can just operate outside of God's pattern for living and not be hurt, that is a lie. We see people in our culture all around claiming to be wise, but in reality, they're, they're choosing foolishness. There's prominent politicians that claim to know God, but they think you should be able to have an abortion at any point until a baby comes out of the womb. But both science and the Bible confirm that life begins at conception. The Bible talks about God knitting 
people together in their mother's wombs. It says that all people have value in God's eyes. People's value does not come from what they can do for society. They are valuable because God is the creator. He made them. Abortion does a tremendous amount of damage to the woman deciding to have one, to the families involved, and to the future generations that would have come from that life. Generations of people have been lost through abortions. And the women that choose abortion are at a higher risk for emotional struggles, for suicide. Our hearts are hardened every time that we choose a pattern of life that goes against the way God designed it. These are the real consequences of rejecting God as the creator, claiming to be wise and telling people that they can decide if a person lives or not. That is foolishness. It leaves damage behind. Now, I want to say something about this, this subject. I know, I know women that have had abortions. These women, they're children of God. I, I love them as my sisters in Christ. And I have a tremendous amount of respect for them. They've asked God forgiveness. They're walking in the freedom that comes from that forgiveness for their sin. There is a path forward if you've made bad choices in the past. That path forward is asking God's forgiveness. If you're struggling with some decisions that you've made in the past, reach out to us here at CIV. Leave a comment on the connection card or come and talk to a pastor, maybe your group leader. God loves you. CIV will love you. And we want to help you move forward with God. The assumption that God is the creator, it shows us there's this reality outside of ourselves. And we will experience consequences when we reject that reality. We'll hit a brick wall of that reality if we reject it. But we'll also experience blessing when we choose to live in line with that reality. The wise person recognizes God as creator and discovers his patterns for life and how he's made it to work. And they choose to live in line with that. So let's think about how this applies to our life. What is going on in your life right now where you need to learn God's pattern? Ideally, we would learn God's patterns and live them out. And if you're here and you're younger, you're at such an advantage. You can figure out God's patterns for lives where you don't run into the brick wall of reality. So get to know God's ways. Apply it to your life and find the blessing that God wants to give you through that. But many times we, we slam into reality. And realize we need to adjust. Is, is there something like that in your life right now? You keep slamming your head against something and you wonder, what, why does this keep happening to me? Write down that situation. Read the Bible. Talk to someone who knows God's ways about it. And then start to live God's way in that area. God is the creator. And that has huge implications for our life. There's also some implications that come from some other assumptions, and that is God is holy and sovereign. Look at Leviticus 11.45 with me. It says, For I am the Lord who brought you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. You shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. Holy means pure 
and zealous for what is right and good. This means that God is 100% for what is right and, and good. This is in contrast to us where we can oscillate back and forth between doing good and then being selfish and doing the wrong and the bad thing. God is pure. He's decidedly for what is right and good. There is no other way for him. And then Ephesians 1.11 talks about God being sovereign. It says, In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Predestined according to the purpose of God who works all things according to his counsel as well, that, that is talking about God's sovereignty, which means God is in control of the universe and all that goes on in it. My wife Gina spent a couple, a month in the hospital this summer, ended up having a major surgery, and she has two more surgeries that are going to happen, Lord willing, before the end of the year. God's holiness and sovereignty, that gave us the ability to get through this situation and to continue to walk in, walk through this difficult time. There were times where I told God, I hate what is going on right now. I hate this situation. I, I don't want to go through it. I hate it, but I will trust you through it. When one of my kids had a dream that Gina was not coming home from the hospital, I was able to pray confidently knowing that God will be true to his character. He will be holy. He will be, he is in control of the situation, and it will be for what is good and right. These assumptions that we're looking at today, they're not just heady theological concepts that are meant to be stored in our knowledge. These concepts are meant to go into our hearts. These truths about God need to make their way from just these theological ideas into our hearts. When we believe that God is holy and sovereign, it frees us up to look at any situation from God's angle and ask, how can we pursue what is right and good in this circumstance? And God, knowing that God is holy, that is 100% zealous for what is right and good, and that he is sovereign, that he's in control of everything that's going on around us, that has huge implications for us. Our morality figures into our success in the world. God's will is going to be in line with his holiness. So the wise person focuses on aiming their life to be pure and zealous for what is good and right, because that is what will be in line with God's will. When we go off on our own and away from God's ways, we're, we're opposing him. And that's just going to lead to trouble in our lives. So God is the creator. He's holy and sovereign. And God is close to us. Jeremiah 23, 23 and 24 says, Am I a God at hand, declares the Lord, and not a God far away? Can a man hide himself in secret places so that I cannot see him, declares the Lord? Do I not fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord? It is 
easy to lose sight of the fact that God is close to us. We can treat God kind of like we do a police officer on the freeway. What do you do when you see a police officer on the freeway? Immediately hit the brakes. Pump the brakes. You might be going the speed limit. You might be doing the right thing, but you hit the brakes and then you look to make sure because now you're aware I could get a ticket if the police officer sees me doing something wrong. We can treat God that way. Going along life without really much regard for him being nearby. What Jeremiah is telling us is that God is nearby. Our needs, our motives, our physical well-being, the choices we make, everything about us is in full view of God. He will intervene in our life. He will punish us when our actions are not in line with his ways, and he will reward our actions that are in line with his ways. And where his holiness and sovereignty, what what all that means, his holiness and his sovereignty, means that we need to aim our life to line up with God's will. Well, God's closeness means that our moral relationship with God will affect our well-being in life. Deuteronomy 7, 9 through 12 talks about this relationship with God. It says, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God, who keeps his covenant and steadfast love with those who love him, and keep his commandments to a thousand generations, and repays to their face those who hate him by destroying them. He will not be slack with one who hates him. He will repay him to his face. You shall therefore be careful to do the commandment and the statutes, and the rules that I command you today. And because you listen to these rules and keep and do them, the Lord your God will keep with you the covenant and the steadfast love that he swore to your fathers. We see that God shows his steadfast love to those who keep his commandments, and he destroys those who hate him. So the wise person recognizes that God is close at hand. They keep God's commandments, and they ask God forgiveness when they step out of line of those commandments. The wise person keeps their relationship with God clear because they know that their moral relationship with God is going to directly affect their well-being in life. Remember the story about Betsy and Corey Tinman. Barracks 28 where they were staying, was a place that had freedom like none of the other barracks. The guards would not go into the barracks that allowed them to read their Bible, to to just have freedom with one another, to relate in the barracks. Later on in their time at Ravensbrook, Betsy figured out why they had this freedom. There was a dispute in their barracks, and the guards would not step inside of the barracks because of the fleas. That freedom, it allowed the women in Barracks 28 to have hope. They read their Bible. They believed Romans 8, 35 and 37, which says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Nay, in all these things, We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Thanking God 
for the fleas in that first hour that they were there helped Corey and Betsy to not miss the opportunity to spread the hope of Christ in those barracks. They could have easily wallowed in self-pity, and I don't know that anybody would have blamed them. But if they would have done that, they would have missed the opportunity that God was giving them there. They didn't wallow in self-pity. They chose to thank God, and that barracks was known as the Crazy Ladies with Hope in Barracks 28. God is the Creator, holy and sovereign, and He is close to us. Wisdom flows out of the person who believes that with their all their heart, soul, and mind. So how do we get to where those assumptions are not just in our heads, but they're in our hearts? They're true about us. Well, we get there by taking next steps to apply the truth to our lives. So what has God shown you today? What's the next step that you need to take today? Maybe in response to God as the creator, maybe you're thinking, I need to learn God's patterns for life. I need to know more the ways that he says to live. That's a lifelong pursuit. We can always say that. Maybe God's showing you ways to do that this morning. Maybe you need to shift some priorities around so that your aim in life is to be holy like God is, is like God is holy. And you want to line up with his will. So maybe there's some things you need to shift around to do that. Or maybe your relationship with God is not clear. You need to seek his forgiveness on some things and clear it up. Or you want to talk to somebody at CIV about how do I do that? How do I clear up my relationship with God? How do I start a relationship with God? God is here with us. We all hit situations in life where Responding with wisdom will make some people say, how could somebody respond like that? And we can say in those situations, let me tell you about the one true God that I have a relationship with through Jesus Christ. It is not my own power that I can respond this way. It's through his power. And if we consistently do that time and time again, responding with the wisdom of God in all situations, then maybe we can be known as that crazy church in the valley that has hope in this broken and messed up world. Let's pray and ask God to help us to do that. God, we just thank you so much that you are creator. You're holy and sovereign. You're close to us. We can turn to you and ask for your help to respond to situations with wisdom. Help us to do the work ahead of time so that we have the right assumptions, the right foundation to be able to look at life from your angle and respond appropriately. Give us the courage. Give us the wisdom to respond to life in the way you want us to. Help us to do that this week. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.